This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Go With Yammo. Go With Yammo is an art exhibition app which helps you find the exhibitions and art events happening all around you. The app displays exhibitions based on your location, showing you the ones nearest you at the top of the list. If you're going on a trip, you can change your location to plan your art excursions accordingly. What makes the app really fun is when you're at an art exhibition, you can check in and earn points, which can then be used to redeem prizes from the in-app store, such as prints, exhibitions, books, and more. Go With Yammo also creates custom virtual exhibitions for galleries and artists. These, alongside exciting blog content, can be found via their extensive website. The app is free to download now. Make sure you visit their website at www.gowithyamo.com. That's www.g-o-w-i-t-h-y-a-m-o.com. everybody and welcome again to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by Art on a Postcard. Today I am pleased to be joined by London-based painter Victoria Cantons, one of the many artists donating a postcard-sized masterpiece to the 2022 International Women's Day charity auction for the Hepatitis C Trust. Hi Victoria, thank you so much for joining us today on Art on a Podcast. Hello Molly, thank you for having me. Thank you very much and thank you again for obviously donating to Art on a Postcard. It's so lovely to have such an incredible group of artists for this March uh, auction. Well no, absolutely and uh, I, I think it's um, it's a fantastic cause as well in terms of what of what you're actually supporting. It's amazing work. Um, I wonder if we could jump straight in um, by you telling us a little bit about how you came into your practice and sort of your artist story so far. Um, so the um, how, how far does one go back? The <laughs> As a, as a child, the only thing I ever really did was draw. Um, I, 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 um, I covered my school books in drawing, um, in, in drawings on the front cover, on the back cover, on the inside covers. And then, um, and then when you looked at the actual, any work there was, um, there would be, I, I would just doodle in the margins and, and, and around the edges. And um, I think part of that was also inspired I, I, as, a, as a child, all the way up until my late teens. And not actually in, even into my 20s, I was reading comics. I was a, I was a big, big comic book reader. And, um, and then add to that, you've got things like uh, Mad Magazine, um, uh, an American kind of satirist, satirical, kind of not a comic but there was a lot of um there was a lot of um comic strips within it and also things like um like like w- within um articles or comic strips then there would be other artists from the from the office uh from the mad office that would also do doodles in the margins of the magazine and and i suppose you know i saw that as like uh as a ten-year-old, and would and and that inspired me to do the same thing. Um, but I mean, I, I had a very strict upbringing. I was an only child, and uh, my father w- really was pushing me to be very um, academic, and um, and so um, art was never supported as as a um, as an activity 
in any other capacity than um, you know to to do it for one's own pleasure after one had done everything else. And at that point, my parents were completely uh, non-supportive of me going to art school, which is what I wanted to do. Uh, I, I had by that point, I had discovered that um, such a place as an art school existed, and that's where I wanted to go. But um, but my parents were not supportive. I was, I suppose, I was I was the type of child. I had enough issues on my plate that I didn't want to challenge that. Uh, at the time I was, I was an only child um I had also I was even though it wasn't even though I'd kept, I I I kept it very much under wraps I had gender issues as well gender identity issues and I mean at that point in the 1980s it was um it was not the openly talked about thing that it is these days um at that particular time there had been a few articles in in the papers say the the daily mail for example there was the occasional book um the articles in the paper would be very salacious uh, uh you know and so and so i had very little information in regards to um to gender issues and 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 certainly no one i could really um discuss or talk about i mean there was i mean even at school um a few people that after leaving school, when I was in my twenties, um, I I then learnt that they had, you know, come out as gay, for example. But at school, it was an absolutely no go subject. So anyone that may have been gay at school um, was completely keep, was completely in the closet as well, completely keep, keeping it hidden. You know, the, these things. I mean, may, maybe maybe someone had a teacher that they could approach or something like that but it was it was in, it was incredibly un, uh, you know un, under the wire um you, i mean the closest we got to to knowing about stuff like that was um was say the new romantics and music so you know people like uh, boy george for example and um and certainly when i was at the point of um of the very of of the kind of like mid to late eighties, you had the um, the club kids um, coming out. You had you know Stephen Strange and Marilyn. You had um, uh, also David Bowie was doing were, was doing a lot of stuff. But um, but again, I mean, I, I was a real bookworm. I kept my head down. I I wasn't too hip with any of that stuff. So then, yeah. I, I didn't want to do study academically. Um, I, I, I rebelled against my parents in that regard. Um, all my friends went off to university, did A-levels and uni. And then, um, and then when they all went off to uni, I went and got a job and, um, and became a hairdresser um, because, um, because I thought hairdressing is, um, is work in the fashion industry. And so like, I trained at Vida Sassoon worked in central London and that opened up a whole crowd to me of different people um, who were all feeding me different information and tastes and and kind of tastes and things to look at and things to check out and things to experience. Uh, my friends were coming back from uni and sharing all their experiences and discoveries with me. Um, so that that was that that was I was at that point in my early 20s. 
and then um, I got into I got seriously into music, and and picked up the guitar, started joining bands as a as a I've been writing a lot of poetry, so um, um, I'd kind of basically turned my poetry into songs with the with the musicians that in the in the bands I was joining, uh, and um, and by this point I had really dismissed the idea of of um being a visual artist being like a like like well I'd, I'd never paint i hadn't painted anyway so um i had only ever done drawing um but um but my my be one of my best friends um his mother at the time um uh she did a lot of portrait painting uh, uh Christine Konitzer, um, and she'd been in the RA summer show a couple of times as well, and um, and she gave me some offcuts of um, of 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 um, uh, canvas and canvas boards. She gave me some of her some of her old brushes and some open tubes of paint, and and was just like, you should paint. Um, you're always drawing, you know, just experiment and paint. Uh, and um, and so that's how I started, and and that and from there over the years, I eventually um, I eventually um, started renting a studio um, that that I would that I would work in in the in the in the, in the back like when I wasn't at work, and and then um, and and that it proceeded like that for many years while I was also. I was also bonkers about photography, which I've been bonkers about since I was basically 10 years old um, and joining like school photography club and the local photography club that would meet in the local library once a week. And at school there, you know, it was like kind of dark room stuff. And so then in my thirties, uh, yeah, yeah, in my thirties, I kind of, um, I, and, and all the way into my into my early forties, I started working with uh, photographic agencies, and um, I was um, I I um, I shot weddings, I shot um, uh, um, corporate events and sporting events that uh, at, like photographic agency work, and um, and so that was happening in parallel, and then eventually. Um, I got to a position eight years ago um, where um, where I was suddenly like all of a sudden look at look at my circumstances and just say actually I've got no dependents I've got no no major responsibilities so um, I'm going to do the thing that I actually always wanted to do you know my 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 um, I haven't got my either of my parents here to say no. I don't need their permission. I don't need their support either, for that matter. And so um, I'm going to go to art school, and um, and there, and then became the began the. By that point, I had a, I I I mean, from from when I was renting my studio, I had various um, artist friends, and um, and some of them said to me, "Do a foundation. You'll you'll love the foundation anyway." And so I I went and did a foundation then the BA, then Terps program for a year, because 
I didn't get into the MA program I wanted, reapplied for the MA again, and got the offer from Slade, uh, which I've just finished now. So, well, last year. And now here I am in my own studio uh, painting away. So that, that's, that's been a very long-winded, but at the same time, concise <laughs> history. It's fantastic to hear, and thank you for sharing sharing it with us. And congratulations, obviously, for your MA. That's wonderful for last year. Um, and it's great to see how different things have sort of linked up to your practice now, like you were saying about the music and your poetry. And, and you were just saying, just before we started recording, about with Saatchi doing performance um, poetry to them. And then obviously with being a hairdresser, that's sort of sculpture, isn't it? <laughs> it is, absolutely. It. Um, I've, I've always seen hairdressing as as sculpture absolutely and um and i mean i remember when i was a when i was a junior um in working in um i was in a hairdresser's in pont street just before i went over to feed out soon to train and one one um one of the other hairdressers in the salon I, I was 19 or 20 at the time and and she said to me you know don't do hairdressing for the money do it because you love it uh, uh you know and and so uh, when I, and, and you know I, I worked full time as a hairdresser for like ten years. Uh, generally, I, I ended up having my own salon, uh, which I which I had for four years. Quick, uh, quick and easy option is like um, is like become a hairdresser because because I've got no other qualifications. It's like that's not the reason to do it. It's um, do it because you do, because because it's it's technical, it's scientific, it's um, it's it's creative so um so yeah um hairdressing absolutely is a is a um is a creative practice and in terms of in terms of coloring and cutting and and for me my my big love was cutting it is absolutely sculpture it's just that you're working with you're working with a living individual that's sitting in your chair rather than a um rather than and you're working with hair uh, rather than working with say wood or metal or 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 whatever um, or or whatever other other um, sculptural material you might be working with. Absolutely, I completely agree. I think, like you say, just because it's a living living person and it's hair, <laughs> it is still that sculpture. Um, and I have to say that your your artistic statement, um, obviously, is available to read via your website, um, is fascinating. And and you point out your explorations that might get overlooked, particularly to do with you know, gender, freedom, boundaries. Um, and I wondered what questions would you say are sort of central to your work and you're trying to maybe get across in your practice? I think I've said this before and um, I can't remember if I say it in my statement currently, but um, but I'm an artist that happens to be transsexual and 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 female. You know, I, I, I don't believe in, in labelling the artist as a like say a trans artist or a female artist or a male artist an artist is just an artist full stop uh but of course uh when, when we are um in the process of producing something then our history uh you know what what do we, what do we bring to the table we bring ourselves we bring our we bring our baggage i think i can safely say that uh you know not just speaking for myself but speaking in 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 a in a in a generalization that we are all the product of our history ultimately you know you, you cannot be what you've experienced 
what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've read, what what's happened to you. It's impossible to be anything else. I think I think I, I think I can say I can say I can safely say that, and that applies to to you as well as it applies to me. Uh, and so with you know with, within the within the context of that, and then my own work, it really is looking at um at ideas of um identity of who we are how we relate to each other um you know i'm just trying i you know i've spent my life so far and quite frankly will probably spend the rest of my life trying to make sense of that for myself because every time it's like um every door that you that every door that you manage to unlock and open all it does is open up to a room with another door on the other side that you have to open it's 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 you know you you will never find the the final answer the final destination it's just it's 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 a it's a never ending process of discovery with new question um and and so uh you know the, the work is trying to resolve um issues of how do i how do I fit into society? How do I make sense of my history, uh, my past, and uh, and, and how, how do I make sense of how I relate into the world in front of me? But I, at the same time, I'm also curious about the history, not just the not just the history of my, my own one, but the history that's around me, um, the history of. Um, of my family because I come from a very uh, multi uh, multicultural family, w whether it's my mother um, who was whose family is from Madrid, um, and and into you know my mother was 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 born in the um, just before the Spanish Civil War. Um, my father, who was born and raised in a in French Algeria, um, when it was when it was a French um, when it belonged to France, Algiers, um, in the in the nineteen twenties, uh, and he himself was Jewish, um, and then um, and then um, you know as a twenty year old ended up he himself ended up being in the Second World War, uh, and 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 fighting in the war uh, for the Allies um, and. Um, uh, and so there's, you know, there's Spanish, there's French, there's there there's Jewish um, roots, all within within my my family history and within my own history. Um, uh, there's um, there's just trying to make sense of the world around me, um, in terms of you know everything that happens that you know we we read about in the news day to day, uh, and now more than ever, the news is so it's an it's an impossible thing to escape and art for me is a is a means of trying to make sense of all of that uh trying to make sense of it to myself and then being able to then share it and see if um if it generates a conversation that it might um spark someone else to help me to make sense of it further or it might help them make sense of it for them, you know. Whether um, even um, uh, works such as um, 
you know the 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 show the show that was at Cromwell Place um for example had um had two works um uh one of one which was a portrait of Yang my partner um semaphore a place of mutual exposure or um or the or the painting that were that where where I um I painted myself in it uh, a, a, another head painting um which is titled most people don't want you if you have a legacy or to be who you are demands a holistic approach uh th th those touch into ideas touches into ideas that that you know a, a, an, another person can be a guide um or information giver to you um that that work um is is trying to make sense of how how one is true to themselves and and how one continues to move forward day to day basically and we spoke um before we started recording briefly about those titles and how interesting the titles that you choose for your works are and i wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how you choose them like i, I like um you have one called um, like a candle needs a flame thank you um like a candle needs a flame um that piece involved a um a a, a long a, a, a text a, a po poetry piece that i had written in my in in my sketchbooks um a while back and um it the 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 the, the text was in itself um inspired by the work of jenny holzer who um i've been a fan of for many many years and so like a candle needs a flame is exploring um a, an idea of how one um how, how one deals with ideas of um ideas of 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 being uh, the the greatest release is crying a straight path leads to destiny and desire lives in the heart uh, uh, and you know the, these these are lines from from the text um there is actually on my instagram um after i put like a candle needs a frame in sachi uh back in november i then um recorded a um a, a reading of the text that uh, that exists within the painting and so um and so i had prior to um making like a candle needs a flame i'd been making pieces earlier in the year um mantras for daily living which incorporate phrases like um uh hope is everything trust the process love is the answer i am enough and and and, and these um uh mantras uh in turn come out of years of um therapy that i that i that i've had uh, and and this thing of like kind of positive mental health uh and so um and so the the, the mantras are are reminders to um to myself of of how of how I need to be in order to function, you know, because uh, uh, because even if someone, for example, says to me, um, or 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 even or if I read, trust the process, 
you know, it's like, oh yes, yeah, of course, that's what I should do. Things are going like crap, but trust the process, uh, and you know, everything will be okay. And, and and for a few moments, you're buoyed up, and it's like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Just um, you know, do one, one day at a time, and then uh, and then a little while later, you know, I've forgotten. Uh, and, and and so the the artwork is an undertaking to to re-remind me uh, because I need to be reminded regularly you know I mean the artwork doesn't have mantra for daily living in it but I titled it mantra for daily living to come back to discussion about titles uh, because um, because that's exactly what it is titling an artwork can be another layer on the work um, uh, an another way in to to exploring what the work could be for you as uh, as the viewer uh, and 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 of course when it's up on the wall I am a viewer as much as anyone else is I may be the one that created it but I'm also the audience it's a potential door through which to enter the artwork it that doesn't mean that it has to be the entry point for the work, you know. Just like like any mark, or any any mark, I'm talking about a painting. But if it's a sculpture, if it's a video piece, installation, any element of the artwork, one can either latch onto very strongly, or or overlook, ignore completely, and and likewise with the title um you know some, some people some people just call it untitled you know 2022 and i i think that's i think that's perfectly relevant because i i don't want to force the audience to think about the work in only one way uh, and, and that the, there's a risk with a title that 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 may happen but that said i love language i love words um the um like a candle needs a flame is also um has flowers on it and 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 the flowers are a recurring uh motif um in my work for the last several years and in initially came into came, came into my practice really um prominently through um, thinking about my mother's passing and, and how she loved um, flowers in her garden. She was a very keen gardener. She hated cut flowers. And, and so um, we had a lot of, we had a, we had, um, a lot of um, very proficient profusions of color through the uh, flower beds in the back garden that my, that my mother tended to all year round. But we never had any cut flowers inside the house to the point that my mother would give back a bunch of flowers if someone gave her a cut bunch of flowers even when i told her that she couldn't do that because that was rude and and, and then i got to thinking about how you know how how romantic flowers can be but also how um um ephemeral they can be uh you know they're, 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 there's a weird thing with them because you know they, they if, certainly if you cut them anyway they die very they die very quickly um you, they dry out all the petals drop off they wither so to speak so i don't know does that kind of like 
answer answer at all anything I don't know it does no must be and, and you you took the question right out of my, my next question was going to be flowers are a recurring theme in your work so thank you for for sharing that as well that was fascinating and, and it's so lovely to see the work obviously to you it's to the left of you right <laughs> right on my screen um I mean, the, 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 the thing about flowers as well is that um there's such a um they're so prevalent in our I mean it doesn't matter what your culture is what where you come from you know as as humans we recognize the flower as a um as a as a beautiful thing and and we and we are and and we use it as a way of um of expressing um expressing ourselves to another uh, and the, the ex, this this expressing uh, to another is recurring throughout our entire lives um, whether it's whether whether a um, a flowers are given to I know, celebrate having a baby congratulations in other words and then um, and then um, from uh, various congratulations it goes into you know falling in love and and giving flowers as a declaration of love and then um and then and then you have a um you have an argument and a falling out and you're giving flowers as a as an apology um uh, and, and 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 this these can these expressions of congratulations I love you. Um, I'm sorry. Um, continue all the way to um, to the final funeral. Wow! I think what you said about the flowers, especially, was so. I've never thought about it. How flowers are sort of always appropriate as a gift, like you say, literally from someone giving birth, someone's birthday, to apologies, to declaration of love, and then obviously at a funeral. I hadn't thought of that in that way. So yeah, and 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 because of course, just like. The flowers come back every year. Um, I, I I want to make the flowers seasonal, uh, and and so um, and so they they also that gives that allows them, and that's already happening with the with the past um, seasons of flowers I've already painted. That there's an evolution of how of how they look because my painting is evolving as well. Um, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, flat flowers have been with us in painting going back hundreds of years. Um, you know, whether it's whether you're looking at um, Caravaggio's still life, or or whether you're looking at the Dutch, the the, the Dutch um, 17th century um, still lives of vases of flowers and, and the such. Um, uh you know that they, they they've been they've already they've painting flowers and flowers are, 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 as, a, as a painting motif has been has been with us for centuries already um uh but um but i think there's always new ways to explore the the the, the subject there's there's always something new i can get from it i certainly haven't tired of painting them Fantastic. Thank, and thank you for sharing that with us and for sharing your story and for sharing all your themes and ideas around through your work and then 
Um, obviously, thank you so much for donating to Art on a Postcard. Like we were talking about at the beginning, it goes towards such a valuable um, cause. Um, and 2021 was such a massive, massive year for you. What does 2022 hold? What can we look out for from you? Um, there, is, there are some things um, in, um, in, the, in, in the pipeline. I, I think the, the, I mean, I'm kind of like still being secretive about a lot of it. Um, and some of it's still in ongoing discussion anyway. Uh, but, um, but in a couple of weeks time there, well, I mean, by the time that this, um, that this podcast is, uh, goes online and is heard, uh, beginning of February, there is a show at Pie Artworks uh, called An Ode to Orlando, which has been curated by Marcel Joseph. And the show is, ex uh, broadly speaking, the theme around the work is the is reflecting on the character of Orlando from Virginia Woolf's book. I can't wait for that. That sounds amazing. I love all Marcel's shows. I think she's a wonderful curator. Mm. Yeah. No, it's um, I'm very excited to see all the works, all the works that will be in that together. Yeah. Definitely. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Victoria, for joining me today. And again, obviously for donating to Art and a Postcard. And um, this has been really wonderful to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. What have you got on for us today? Oh, just painting away. Brilliant. Uh, now that I'm here in the studio, the sun's shining. I've got big windows, which is really nice. Okay. Lots of natural light. And, um, and um, yeah, just got to, uh, yeah, carry on having my conversation with the thing on the wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We are so excited at Art and the Postcard to be hosting an Art and the Postcard giveaway of nine prints from artist Chitra Merchants. The A6 works from Chitra are from her Bell Jar series, created in response to traditional culture roles and expectations ascribed to Indian women. To enter, please subscribe to the Art and the Postcard newsletter and follow Art and the Postcard on Instagram. Both links are now available in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Art and a Podcast. Please subscribe to us, share it with your loved ones and support us so that we can carry on these conversations.